Welcome to the Junk Refund Show, hosted by Alan J. Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. Have you ever paid those expensive junk removal companies to take away some of your stuff? Only to say to yourself, as a truck drives off down the street, some of that stuff wasn't junk. Did they try to sell it for you and give you some money back? No. Well... Now there is a company that can do just that. Listen to our weekly Junk Refund Show on BBS Radio TV to learn how one lady spent $375 on junk removal and got $3,200 back. 1-800-JUNK-REFUND represents the next generation of junk removal. Learn how to not only save your money on junk removal, but how to get some money coming back. Plus, purchase one of our radio vouchers during the show to save even more on your junk removal. Let's get the junk out of your home and out of your life. Now, with your host, Alan J. Cook. Favorite time of the week, Thursdays at 3. I just love how that rolls off your tongue. Thursdays at 3, Eastern Time. Welcome back to the Junk Refund Show. Boy, has this amazing week. And sometimes you just go out and you have that kind of week where you learn a lot of things and you're in lots of new situations and you're basically an observer of life and the junk removal business and your customers and Boy, have I just observed a lot of things this last week. So as much as I would love to bring in, you know, Quinn and Aaron again from the blind side for round two, who I interviewed a couple months ago, or, you know, Dan Farr, the CEO of FanX, who, by the way, is selling tickets already for FanX of 2024. I'm going to guess it's around September 26th to 28th, towards the latter end of September, It'll be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You can buy discounted tickets for FanX and go see a bunch of cool celebrities. Just a shout-out to my friend Dan and his brother Dave, who are, who are big fans of the show and great friends of mine. So just so you know that that's available. Um, but we are I'm, I am right now going 60 miles an hour down to an airport that I landed at at 9.30 this morning. And I have a 6 o'clock flight to go out to Utah. I'll tell you more about why I'm doing that in a minute. But, boy, has this been an amazing week. So last week, um, I was sitting in the airport at Reagan National Airport in, I think it's Arlington, Virginia. I was sitting there from 3 to 4 on Thursday because I had a 6 o'clock flight to Denver. Then a layover that night in the Denver airport and then a flight at, I think, 5.30 in the morning to go to Indianapolis so I could help a lady in Indianapolis. So let me start off with the basics, and that is a shout-out to Frontier Airlines. That is the airline that four or five years ago, maybe, something like that, when I started to fly on them, nobody had anything good to say about Frontier Airlines. They would complain about their, you know, departures were late or they didn't refund my ticket or the lines were too long or 
the seats weren't comfortable enough and all that kind of stuff. But from Washington, D.C., when you have a bunch of family in Utah flying out to Utah with, with Frontier headquarters or basically hubbed in Denver, that's a natural spot, you know, to, to stop in and catch the next flight and then go on to Utah. And they had great rates. And I'm one of these people who's done a lot of traveling in my life, and I love to travel at a great rate um, when I'm by myself. You know, take a party of five along, I'd probably travel a lot different. But when it's just me, I like to go cheap, and I love to get a good deal. So I've mentioned before on this show um, the Go Wild Pass that Frontier Airlines sold this was back in January. They did kind of a pre-launch. The date that it was supposed to be effective was May 3rd. They sold it in January for $599, $599. It was a one-year pass to fly free on Frontier Airlines, except you have to pay the airport taxes, which can vary, you know, $15 to $20, $30, whatever. And it's also good for their international stuff. But my brother told me about it. I bought it for $5.99. Then a month before it was supposed to launch, they did a pre-launch for those of us that already had it. And within that month, I saved $2,400 on airfares. And prior to that, I was a frequent flyer with them. You only have to accumulate 20,000 miles, and you get what's called elite status, which means when you book your ticket and then you come back and check in for the ticket, you can pick any of the seats, including exit row seats, without having to pay a, a surcharge. So, it's, you know, I, with, because of what I did, and I guess the frequency of flying, that when I go to the frontier gate to board, many times I've been the very first person to get on the plane, and I always get to pick the seats that I want. I always pick the exit row seats so I, my long legs have plenty of room and the exit row seats recline, and the exit row seats are the softest. So this whole adventure of mine a week ago started with Frontier Airlines. Because of this Go Wild Pass, they will have a fare, and I'm just going to make up these numbers because I don't remember exactly what they were, but they will have like a round-trip airfare from Washington, D.C. to Indianapolis for, let's say, $500. And if you pay about, it's either 50 or 100 bucks a year, you then become a member of their discount den, which gives you lower fares, and it will show you next to the regular fare, let's say to Indianapolis at 500 bucks, it'll show you the discount den fare, and let's say that was 250 bucks, so you can save a lot of money just with the discount den if you fly frequently, but then in the third column over, it shows you the go wild pass fare, and I'm not making this up, my flight last week on Thursday night to Denver, got to stay overnight in Denver. A lot of people wouldn't do it just because of that, but I'm one of these weird guys that can do that and actually have fun. And then you catch the 5.30 flight the next morning, goes on to Indianapolis. That one-way ticket was $24. I'm not making this up. And the reason I went to Indianapolis, a lady there found us online, 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, and has a situation where she needed some help getting some bigger stuff moved out of a garage and out of her backyard. When she called me, I started talking to her. She just sounded kind of like an older lady. She just had an older lady's voice, no disrespect. I'm just saying she sounded kind of old. 
and she was very nice, and she you could tell she needed some help, and she said something about a medical situation that she was dealing with with a family member there in her home, and she can't move this stuff, but she's got to get it out, and she only had so much money. And I said something like, well, you know, about how much money do you have to work with? And she said, I've got some expenses to pay, and I've got $2,000. Now, when I go out of town to do a house clean-out, it's usually a two to $5,000 deal, and I either get the whole thing in advance and give them a 10% discount, or I get half of it in advance, and then they just pay me the rest based on how many truckloads that we hauled away, etc. This lady... I just had this impression, you should help her out. And I, I just kind of naturally wanted to help her out. And I said, how much do you have to work with? She said, I've got $2,000 cash. And this was going to be a couple of truckloads of stuff, which is usually about 700 bucks for one truckload. And I just said, kind of following the, an impression again, I just kind of said, I'll tell you what, I'll come help you out for $1,000, and then you've got $1,000 to do something else with. And she just gasped and couldn't thank me enough and was so excited and just was, was thrilled. Well, we actually had to postpone the trip for one week. I don't remember why, but we set it up for, I think it was November 10th. Now, that's the day before uh, Veterans Day. Right, which didn't uh, completely pass my mind. I didn't even give that a second thought. I didn't even realize that was what was going on. But Friday the 10th, so Thursday night, I did the show last week from the parking lot at the airport. I go in, I get on the plane, I'm in 13C, an exit row aisle seat, which is perfect. That seat reclines. I've sometimes joked around with the, the flight attendants because I'm one of the first ones that boards. I get on, there's nobody on the plane. I walk down to 13C, I sit down, I buckle the seatbelt, and there's inevitably a flight attendant right about in that area in the exit row greeting people as they come on. And as I buckle my seatbelt, I look at her and I go, okay, let's go. And she laughs and I laugh. We have a, we have a good time with that. So I go to Indianapolis. Um, shout out to the, uh, let's see, who is it? i got to think, the Wyndham Hotel chain where I frequently stay, and I get you know, kind of mileage points or whatever for staying there, so I can book a hotel for inexpensive just for some points, and I did that um, but once I got to Indianapolis. But I, I spent the night in the Denver airport. I'm here to tell you that if you ever have to spend the night in the Denver airport, you're going to probably be in Terminal A if you fly in on Frontier, and they're adding a big, long addition to, I'm going to call it the west end of Terminal A, and what they've done is a brilliant move. They've put in some new furniture down there, and those furnitures are kind of sectionalized, soft couches instead of harder chairs with metal armrests in between each seat, right? So uh, it's a great move, and so there, I discovered that this time, and so I basically spent the night on the couch down there, and it worked out fine. Lots of other people discovered the same place. So I get to Indianapolis. Another shout-out to National Car Rental. I rent a pickup truck from them at the airport. It's about 85 bucks, And they take you out uh, to the, the parking lot. And basically, there's nobody at the counter. It just says, you know, go to the parking lot. You go to the parking lot, and nice young lady there says, uh, I said, I'm here to get a pickup truck. 
you have a reservation? Yes. What's your name? Cook. She pulls it up on her iPad or something. She goes, oh, okay, right over here. And she points to this row of gorgeous pickup trucks, and she goes, just pick one, and the keys are in it. And I went, you're my kind of folks. I mean, this is great. Pick this awesome Chevy pickup truck. I drive a Dodge, which is what I'm driving right now, but I hop in this brand new, seem brand new Chevy pickup truck, and I, I'm only three miles from where this lady lives. Uh, so I go over to the lady's house. She's on the end, small house, uh, on the end of a street, and it's kind of a dirt road at the end of the street. And I go down there, and I back in and pull in, and there's this younger lady that kind of comes out of the house. Uh, and when I called her from the airport, and by the way, remember, no one's paid me anything, right? There's a chance that she's forgotten or she won't be there or she changed her mind and didn't call me. I sent her a text message the day before, and I said, I'll be in Indianapolis around 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, Friday morning, and then I'll head over your way. I should get there by 11. No response. I went anyway. Okay? So I now have the truck. I put in her address. It's three miles from the airport. I head over there. I back the truck into this house, up into the carport or driveway of this house. And out comes this younger lady who I'm going to guess is in her 50s or 40s, maybe, something like that. Let's just say 50s. I'm not good at that age stuff sometimes. And I'm thinking, oh, that's the daughter. And she starts to talk to me and say hi. And when I, and when I called her from the airport, she picked up and she said, oh, I'm so glad you remembered, you know. And I'm going... Yeah, I remembered. I just spent the night at the Denver airport, left town, flew up here. I'm, yeah, I remembered. And I'm kind of hoping this is all going to work because I'm basically there to help her out. And I don't fully know the situation. So anyway, I get to her place. I'm talking to her. She starts to talk to me. And I realize this is the lady. She's got the voice. She just has a kind of an older sounding voice. Well, she says, would you like to meet my stepfather? I went, Sure. I poked my head into the front room, and there in a metal hospital bed is the stepfather who's had a stroke and is cognizant but is lying on his back. It's basically like walking into a hospital room. And there he is. And I said, how long has he been in that situation? And I think she said something like, oh, about three years. And I said, and you're t- you take care of him full time? She goes, yeah, I just hope maybe one of these days, if it happens to me, somebody will take care of me. And I just started to compliment her on what a nice lady she was. Well, she she takes me out to the garage. It's got a lot of stuff in the garage, and she starts to point out what has to go. So the bottom line is, on Friday and Saturday, I guess for about a day and a half, I load up a bunch of stuff, old drill presses, old table saws, um, wheelbarrows. Uh, uh, you know, she had organized a bunch of just nuts and bolts that, that he had in his tool shop that were sitting on top of metal file cabinets. So I just started hauling a bunch of metal stuff out of there, put it in the pickup truck, and then I go and Google, let's see, where's the scrap metal dealer? And I found one 10 minutes away, maybe. Went over there and unloaded it and got paid for the scrap metal. Went back and I just did loads like that with her telling me in advance, this is what has to go, right? She hands me, before I did any work, she says, do you want me to pay you now? 
and I said, you can if you want, or you can just wait till I'm done. I don't care. But then the thought hits me, wait a minute, you've just traveled halfway across the country. You don't have a dime on this job. You might want to get some money in your pocket. That's probably a smart move. She hands me a small, about three-inch square cardboard medicine box that you're, you, would, you would expect a prescription of kind of a short, fat prescription of, of pills to be in. She hands me that little white box, and she says, it looks like it's medicine, but it's not. It's cash. And I grab that, and I put it in my pocket, and later that day, or maybe even after the job was done, she had $100 bills in there. She gives me $1,000 cash stuffed into this little medicine box. Okay? So I'm in Indianapolis helping this lady, clearing this stuff out. Much of it is metal. I think I made $200 from the scrap metal dealers by selling this stuff to them. They were terrific and great to work with. And I'm just kind of running back and forth with these loads, and my goal is to get it done by Saturday because I think I'm flying back. If I remember right, I'm flying back on Saturday about noon, something like that. And, by the way, the flight Saturday... Frontier has a hub in Denver, and they have another hub in Orlando. Guess where the flight Saturday went? Left at about noon from Indianapolis, nonstop to Orlando, three-and-a-half-hour layover in Orlando, then the flight up to Baltimore. Now, remember, I started in Reagan National Airport in Washington, D.C., but I got to go where their planes are going to get the deals. The flight back was $74.00. And I got three and a half hours in Orlando. Contrary to what I've done in the past, when I was in Orlando, instead of running out, I've done this before. I've had a few-hour layover. I've run to Walt Disney World in the off-season, bought a ticket, and went and did four or five rides because there are no lines and had the time of my life, and then went back, etc. I figured it's going to cost me, with with Uber and tickets to the park, whatever, it's going to cost me 150 to 200 bucks to do that, and my oldest daughter got married about six months ago, and for a wedding present, I'm giving her and her stud husband some money to go to Orlando, to Walt Disney World, because neither of them have ever been to Florida. So I decided instead of spending the money on me partying for a couple hours or whatever, I would just pocket it, save it for them, and let them go party for more than a couple hours, And, and that just felt good. So... The bottom line of this job in Indianapolis is that every once in a while in business, you just get this impression, this thought that kind of comes into your mind and these feelings that kind of come into your heart that says, it's not about the money here. This is about just helping somebody who I think could use my help. And so you help them out because you can and you want to, and it's a good thing to do. And I can't tell you how good it felt. She was just ranting and raving about the job that I did. Because of the discount of price, I can't afford to you know, bring somebody else in and have them help me. And the setup was such that I could back the pickup truck right up underneath the carport, load it with all kinds of stuff, and most of it was metal, and then go get rid of the metal and get paid and I took any of, the, any of the cash I got from the scrapyard, I stuck it back in that little pill box thing with the $1,000, and then just made sure I didn't lose that box. 
Anyway, that was my that was my week. That was my Thursday through Saturday of last week. I still got five more days to tell you about. You won't believe what happens next. We're gonna take a break, and uh, you listen to the Junk Refund Show, where we teach you how to get the junk out of your homes and your offices, but also out of your life. I'm Alan Cook, your host. We'll be back in about a minute. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Hey, welcome back to the Junk Refund Show. This is Alan Cook, your host. I'm the founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, where we are basically trying to turn the junk removal business on its head. Uh, The reason the refund is in there is that I used to be a stockbroker, and I found out many years ago when I got this business that not all junk is junk, and some of the stuff is actually pretty good, and for whatever reason, people just can't take it with them when they're vacating a house or etc. So... It's, uh, we have a policy here that if we find something that we think someone else might buy, we don't take it to a landfill. We put it up for sale, and if it sells, you get 35% of the sales price. And so we have all kinds of stories we've generated for 20 years on why people should work with us and the kind of money they can make. Um, the, in the introduction, um, Don talks about, the, the narrator talks about, you know, $375, worth of stuff, some speakers for her home theater system. We sold them on eBay for seven grand, and eBay takes their fees, and PayPal takes their fees, and bucks. And back in those days, I gave 50% back to people, so I went over to her house. She said, how did we do? This is a former TV news anchor in Washington, D.C., and uh, I said, uh, you did pretty well, and I pulled out $3,200 cash and gave it to her, and she was shocked, and she, that's what she, she said, I'm, sh- I'm shocked. And, uh, and she said, this is front page business section, Washington Post, tomorrow. And you know that, thanks to yours truly, that story's never been told in the Washington Post, but it's one of the best junk removal stories in the country, and that's why we referenced that as one of the stories when we talk here. So back to Indianapolis, where I was last uh, Friday and Saturday, cleaning out a storage, a garage, and a backyard area for a really nice lady who takes care of her ailing father, or a stepfather who is suffering from a stroke. And I went there for basically half price, no deposit, nothing in advance just basically trusting her, and she was trusting me that I would show up, and I was there last Friday and Saturday taking care of this and 
getting a bunch of stuff hauled away for her. So I'm busy running back and forth to the dump and to the scrapyard with stuff from her place. I passed in Indianapolis the Rolls-Royce factory. That's a kind of never seen the Rolls-Royce factory before. I thought that was kind of cool. And the people there were just terrific, very nice, friendly, hospitable, kind, all that good stuff. It just worked out really well. Well, Saturday morning, I'm on my way to the scrap metal yard again with another load, and I see a text message from my younger, youngest brother who says that my stepfather, a guy named Neil, had passed away that morning. Now, Neil is 90. My mother is 92. They live out in Utah. They've been married for 34 years, second marriage for both of them. And they're just terrific people. Neil has been fabulous for my mother, and uh, she has been fabulous for him. So it's a win-win situation, like they say. But about a week ago, and, and I got to tell you, as you probably know, when these folks get up in their 80s and 90s, one of the worst things that can happen is they simply fall. And they don't really trip over anything. They can just lose their balance and fall. And when you fall, you know, six feet down and you're six feet tall, whammo, you hit the floor and you can do some damage very quickly. Well, they, they both had instances where they've fallen in the last little while. But in this, and my mom has had some minor strokes, but nothing that has kind of, you know, made her bedridden or anything like that. Well, in this case, Neil had something happen. I'm not sure exactly what it was about two weeks ago that something in his back flared up. I don't know if it was a herniated disc. I don't know if it was a pressure point between two vertebrae. There is a medical term for it. I don't remember what it is. But he suddenly went in some intense pain in his back and uh, was hospitalized and was there for about a week in more intense pain my mother said, as I talked to her about a week ago, she said, I don't know how he's going to recover from this, you know. And um, so things were not looking good. Well, he, he was not eating. He was not drinking. After a few days, they sent him back home, basically under hospice care. And a couple of days after that, he passed away. So I get the message that Saturday morning, my stepfather, that I've had a relationship with him for 34 years, has gone back home, so to speak. Um, so just a, a quick comment about what kind of what that meant to me. I, I have 10 siblings. Um, I have a sister in Hawaii, a brother in Austin, myself in D.C., and eight others all in Utah where my mother lives. Um, and I've been in Washington, D.C. for 30-plus years. I'm here to tell you, based on my experience, it's not the distance between you and your family that is the critical thing. It's the frequency of the contact and the time that you spend that makes all the difference. So for maybe 20 years, I don't know, I don't know how long it's been, every Sunday night, I call my wonderful mother and we just talk for like 20 minutes or a half an hour, something like that. And I just want to see how she's doing. And she always, you know, asks me about my stories and what I'm up to. And I always seem to have, you know, one or two good adventures that I've had that week. And it's just a delight. And, and I go out there frequently, almost every month. I, I go out to Utah 
uh, like I said, I travel cheap on Frontier. I can do a round-trip ticket for Utah for $48. So I don't mind doing that a bit. If that was kind of fun, and I get the best seats on the plane. But anyway, I, it's not the distance. I'm one of these people that basically believes you can live anywhere in the continental United States. Your family can live anywhere else in the continental United States. And with a little bit of planning, I'm here to tell you, you can be there for most of the big family occasions that the in-state folks are going to be at, and you won't miss them. So <clears throat> I have a very close relationship with my mother, with my stepfather, Neil. I used to take him to eat at the Sizzler, kind of a, West, a Western United States uh, restaurant chain, but we love to go to the Sizzler. I took him there many times. And it was just a delight. So when I get the message that my stepfather has passed away, I do not go into a state of remorse saying to myself, oh, crap, how come I didn't spend more time with him? I basically say to myself, thank God he's not in the pain anymore, and I'm going to miss him, but I'm happy that he's not in the pain anymore, and he's moved on to a more peaceful situation. And the person I'm concerned for is my mother, of course, but with eight siblings out there who do an amazing job of taking care of her and taking meals into them on a daily basis. They've done this for years. It's really quite an amazing thing to watch. Um, I don't really worry about her, and I don't worry about him. I'm just grateful for all the wonderful memories that I have. So there's a little life lesson on a junk removal show about one of the ways to get some of the remorse junk out of your life is to live your life in a way that you can't there's nothing to remorse and you know lonely people who get up in their 90s especially in their 80s it can be lonely that's one of the things i've learned your children are are now grandparents they're looking down at their children and their grandchildren and are not quite looking up so to speak as much as they used to at their parents so the older you get, it is possible that the more lonely you get and the less needed you feel that you are in life and in society because everybody's busy with their grandkids and their kids and, you know, their family that they're the parents of or that they're the grandparents of. So you would kind of think that the older you get, the healthier you get and the better you get, the more friends you have. But unfortunately, that is not necessarily the case. And that's one of the things I've learned. But my point is, when I got that text message last Saturday that I had lost my stepfather, I didn't go into a state of remorse. I mean, I, I yes, I miss him, etc. But I'm glad that he's not in pain anymore. And I had 30 years of great experiences with him. And I love the guy. And he's a wonderful, wonderful man. And he's done a great job for our family. And... Uh, that's a good way to go through life. I, I just I just have to tell you, I guess. Um, interestingly enough, on that Saturday morning, as I'm there doing more work at the house, in fact, I guess it was Friday morning, as I'm there doing some work, this, this lady that hired me asked me if I wanted some drinks. And I said, sure, do you have like a bottle? She says, I have bottled waters, I have sodas. I go, hey, I don't care. Whatever you've got to be fine. A bottle of water sounds great. Even a soda's fine. Whatever you've got. She brings out four drinks. One of those is a strawberry-flavored 
bottled water. One of them is a fruit punch small Gatorade. And two of them are Dr. Peppers. One is strawberry cream Dr. Pepper. One is a Dr. Pepper Zero, if I remember them right. Now, that's fortuitous because my stepfather's favorite drink was Dr. Pepper. So I get these four drinks. I stick them in the truck and in my backpack. I don't really launch into them. I don't, maybe, I, maybe I drank the water on Friday. But when I got the word that my stepfather had passed away, I basically took one of the Dr. Peppers, kind of held it up heavenward, said, thank you, Neil, for all you've done. I love you. You're the best. And then I drank that sucker because I kind of think that's what, that's what he would have wanted me to do. So I, I took it as a little, what, what do we call it, a little favor from God that uh, of all the sodas she could have given me, she gave me two Dr. Peppers, which the day before my Dr. Pepper stepfather passed away, and I just thought that was kind of a nice, we'll call it a tender mercy, but uh, a, a little nice touch that came into my life at that point. So I head down to Orlando. I decide to just hang out in the airport. I get uh, something to eat there at, uh, I can't remember, it's an Italian restaurant down there that you would recognize, Madeline, La Madeline, I think it's called. I get a salad. I'm just there in the airport. I'm doing some stuff on the phones. Um, pretty soon it's time to hop on the plane. I get up to Baltimore. I land in Baltimore. And remember, my pickup truck is in Washington, D.C. I land in Baltimore at about 10, 10 o'clock, at, no, about 9 o'clock at night. They have a commuter bus that runs from the, the BWI, uh, Baltimore, Washington International Airport, over to the Rockville, Maryland area, which is where I live. And that commuter bus runs hourly, and that baby is $5. So $5, I hop on this bus. It takes me back to within a couple of blocks of where I am. My truck is still down at the other airport. I call it good, and I go to sleep Sunday night. I mean, it's Saturday night. Very pleased and happy about how this all worked in Indianapolis. I was able to see one of the Indy race cars on display in the Indianapolis airport. And shout out to the people in Indianapolis where their airport says for like 12 years in a row they've been the top airport in North America. I think, it, I think that's what it says. But anyway, it worked out great. So I go to church on Sunday, and I get a text message from a lady in Dallas, Texas, who I had kind of forgotten about. She had called me a few days earlier. She said she had a house down in Dallas that needed to be cleaned out, and it needed to be done by November 17th, which is tomorrow, and um, asked me about what we do, and she lives by herself, and she can't handle getting that all cleaned out, and the house has been sold, etc. So she calls me, and I get a text message on Sunday. I go to church, by the way. Then I get on the metro system. It takes me back to the airport. I go pick up my truck. I drive home. Everything's back to normal by Sunday night. But I've got a lady in Dallas who says, um, I like what you're telling me. Let me send you some. I asked her if she could send me some photos. That's one of the, one of the things you can remember, it's a good thing to remember, if you just, you know, if you live in Texas and you want us to clean your house out or something, all you got to do is send us some photos of the different rooms so we can see how much stuff you have, and we can give you an estimate without having to go to Dallas. 
just text us the photos and we'll give you an estimate. So Sunday night, as I'm kind of back now just recuperating, catching my breath, my phone lights up, and I get what is probably 18 or 19 text messages, and each message has five photos in it. So I get, what's that, 80 photos of, of from, from Dallas where this lady is basically saying, here's what I've got. So I, I estimate how much in each photo, how much of a truckload is it. You add up the truckloads, it comes to about six. It's $695 for a 12-foot box truck, like the size truck you'd rent from Home Depot. Six ninety-five, and she's got about six of those. That's around forty-two hundred dollars. But for Labor Day, I did a special in honor of my entering the workforce at the age of fifteen, back in nineteen seventy-three. And I said, "Hey, you buy one of these, we'll give you up to five truckloads for nineteen hundred seventy-three dollars." And five truckloads was normally thirty-five hundred bucks. So it's a great deal. It's a good, a forty-three percent savings. Well, this lady's job in Dallas qualified for this. It would be a good deal for her. And she, I don't know, 1700 1800 bucks, maybe more than that, on this job. And so I sent her the link Sunday night and uh, to where she could go in and buy this if she wanted to. And sure enough, about an hour later, I get this message that I've just been paid a couple of thousand bucks. And she puts a note in there that says, remember, it's got to be done by Friday. Now, remember, I was just in Indianapolis. I'm now back. It's Sunday night. I'm catching my breath. I've got a couple of appointments already set up for Monday. I go back in on the frontier, and I check, you know, how much is the rate to Dallas? Well, sure enough, 30 bucks. Go to Denver. Spend the night in Denver Monday night. And Tuesday morning, you're off to Dallas. You get to Dallas at, I don't know, 10 a.m. or something. Now, this is Sunday. I just got back from Indianapolis. A lady has now bought another job. This one's in Dallas. I booked the flight on Frontier. I go out Monday morning and do some stuff. And sure enough, Monday at 6 o'clock, I'm back down at that same airport, getting on the plane, headed back to Denver again. I go back to the same area I was at. On Thursday night, same 6 o'clock flight, I lie down and I'm, I'm, you know, it's deja vu all over again, like Yogi Berra used to say. So there I am, night number two in about four nights. It's the second night I've been spending in Denver Airport, which I know well. And uh, the next morning, the flight takes off at 8 a.m. to go to Dallas. And I think I get into Dallas around 11 or something, maybe 10 or 11, something like that. Um, this time I, I'm looking again for a rental truck. I go with, I'm a member of Enterprise and National, who is the sister companies. I think one of them owns the other one. But anyway, I take a lift ride. I go over to this. They didn't have any trucks, any pickup trucks available at the airport, which was the first time that's happened to me. So it made me a little nervous. But there's so many enterprise locations in Dallas. There was one about 20 minutes away. I took a lift ride over there, got a pickup truck, and headed over to do this job in Dallas. Um, I meet the lady there at about noon. She lives in one of the most exclusive, as far as I know, one of the most exclusive areas of Dallas. It's by Southern Methodist University. 
and she's in a older, one-level, kind of simple brick home, but all around her, those homes have been torn down, and they're putting up McMansions all around her. So her home has been sold. She has until Friday to get it all cleaned out. She has a garage that is jammed full of stuff. She has a whole house. It's only one level, thank heavens. But it's all got to be done by Friday. Oh, and by the way, in the meantime, I get the word that my stepfather's funeral is in Utah on Saturday morning. So I've got to be to that, which means i got to knock this Dallas job out on Tuesday and Wednesday, right? And today's Thursday. So hang with me through the break here. We'll take another break. Um, I'm almost to the airport, thank heavens, but hang with me and I'll come back and tell you what's happened the last, you know, 48 hours, which the story just gets better as it goes. I'm here to tell you, you're listening to Junk Refund Show. I'm your host, Alan Cook. We'll be right back. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff, especially the good stuff? At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Hey, welcome back to the Junk Refund Show. It's your host, Alan Cook, who is about to pull into... Reagan National Airport in Washington, D.C. area. I think it's actually Arlington, Virginia, where it is. But anyway, I'm about to pull into this airport just like I did a week ago today to take off and go do a job in Indianapolis. So I am, if you've been with the story and you've been listening to the show, I am now, this is now on Monday night, four days ago. I'm on the 6 o'clock flight. I'm headed to Dallas, but it goes through Denver because it's frontier. And I'm on the exit row, which is great. And this young lady who is is really a a pretty lady, a young lady, um, comes comes by and says, excuse me, sir, and she's sitting in in 13A, the window seat, and I'm sitting in 13C. And she comes in and sits down and gets, you know, gets situated and stuff. And, um, she had a bag that she put under her seat in front of her, and she was, you know, trying to kind of cross her legs and get comfortable as the flight takes off and gets going and stuff. And I, and I just said, here, you could move that bag over to the middle, the middle seat here. Nobody's in the middle seat. You could put it. Mine's, mine's in the middle seat, so I have all kinds of room on, for my legs. But I said, here, slide it over here, and oh, okay. And so we slid her bag over, put it next to mine in the middle area. So now she's got all this room for her legs as well doesn't need as much room as I do. But as we're traveling towards Denver, we, we eventually, we get to the point where I can't remember what, what happened. Some, something just kind of, some small thing happened. I don't remember what it was, where I did something nice for her or she did something nice for me. I can't remember. 
but she made this comment. She ordered some food, and then she asked me if I like crackers. I said, yeah, sure. And she goes, well, I'm, I don't eat, you know, flour or et cetera. I, I just, I, you know, I don't eat wheat and flour, but she goes, would you like these crackers? I just spent a few bucks getting these crackers plus this other stuff that she's going to I said, yeah, sure. So we put down in between us, we pull out the little, uh, what do you call it, the little rest that you can put your food on there, right? Laptop rest, whatever we call that. And you'd think I'd know this because I fly so much. But anyway, we, we pull that out. We set it down. We're kind of sharing that. And we just start to talk a little bit. Now, I got to tell you this girl's story because it's really an amazing story. She pulled out towards the end of the flight. She pulled out some files, some paper files from her um, kind of small briefcase that she had in in her bag of stuff. And I, and I was just curious. You know, I said, "So tell me about the files. What kind of work do you do?" She said, "I'm a lawyer." She said, "I just graduated from law school." I said, "When did you graduate?" I said, "Where'd you go to law school?" University of Denver Law School. Um, and it might have been University of Colorado. I can't remember which one. But she graduated from law school. And I said, when did you graduate? She said, May of this year. I said, have you taken the bar exam? She goes, yes, but I don't know if I've passed yet. I'm waiting for the results. So I started talking about these young lawyers that we get in Washington, D.C. all the time. A good friend of mine just passed the bar exam out here. Is going to work in immigration law. Um, so we start talking a little bit about it, And she just chimes in and says... I'm the first member of my family that graduated from high school. And that really caught my attention. And not only did she graduate from high school, she graduated from college. She went to Colorado State University in Fort Collins, and she loves Fort Collins, and then went on to law school in Colorado and graduated there and works in the real estate industry um, corporate attorney I, with real estate and does really well, had just been in Washington doing some work and is having a great experience there. I am right now, I got to tell you, I'm holding up traffic because I'm you know busy doing this show and I forgot I'm supposed to be in the left-hand lane to get to economy parking. I'm not quite in the left-hand lane, but trying to make it doable for these people behind me. But anyway, here I am sitting next to this young lady who is a corporate attorney, probably in her mid to upper 20s, I'm going to guess, and is the first member of her family to graduate from high school. She's from Minnesota, from Minneapolis, Minnesota, originally. Dad was involved in construction, I think did some roofing jobs. Um, when it got cold in Minnesota, he took the family to Orlando. So about half the time growing up, she was in Minnesota, Half the time she's in Orlando, and he said, yeah, he pulled, they, my parents pulled us out of school, me and my sister, and uh, she would just tell me a few things about her life. I was just really amazed at her determination. She made the statement that when she was in second grade, she decided she was going to be a lawyer. Now, I'm not one of those people, but we talked a little bit about some of my involvement with with lawyers and attorneys and state bar meetings where I was a stockbroker, I used to kind of target my marketing towards lawyers. And that was just kind of an interest of mine. I talked about and a man in my life that was a federal magistrate from Idaho who went to law school at USC at night. So we're just, we're just talking about law back and forth. 
And I talked about, you know, we talked about happiness and how happy people are. And she made this statement. She was kind of looking for a little bit more of that. And I, I just basically said, well, man, you have a great story. I mean, this is a great story that you kind of bucked the trend and you went on to get the education that, that you wanted and it's working. And she said, yeah, I wanted to get the respect and, you know, I wanted a little bit different life than, than kind of what I had grown up as. And, and I, I saw, you know, he, she said, my dad's a really good businessman and stuff, but I, I sometimes saw, you know, if you don't have a contract in place, you know, bad things can happen to you sometimes. And I was just really impressed with her ability to, to, to break out of the pack and strengthen her educational standing in life. She has a condo in Cherry Creek, Colorado, in Denver. If you know anything about that area of Denver, that is one of the nicest areas of Denver that there is. And she's just doing some terrific stuff. So I told her a little bit about how happy I am and some of the fun things that I'm doing and stuff like that. And she, she liked that a lot. And I think we just kind of developed a mutual respect, um, a very a very talented, cool young lady. Her name is Lexi. Um, and I gave her my business card and I told her about my radio show that I do and some other stuff. And, uh, she was going to ask me for my cards, but I just gave them to her anyway and said, here you go. And, you know, get a hold of me and we can talk some more. I said, I said, you'd be a fascinating person to put on the radio show just because you have a great story. And I just thought it was a terrific thing. So anyway, I made a, made a good friend on the way out and learned, you know, what some people are doing with their lives. And it's pretty impressive. And I, I just tip my hat to her for her resolve and determination to make the best life for herself that she possibly can. So that's the Piper. Then I, again, uh, uh, get up the next morning. We fly to Dallas. I get the pickup truck. Again, a Chevy pickup truck, this time from Enterprise. I head over to do the job, and this time the job has, uh, it's an entire single-level house that has to be cleaned out. There's a garage that has all kinds of stuff in the back in the garage. That's got to be cleaned out. And these developers are going to come in and basically bulldoze this thing down and then build a big, nice house on that land. And right next to her, next to this house that I'm cleaning out, they're doing exactly that. They're building a very big home with a very nice garage-slash-guest house behind it. And, I mean, this is just an exclusive area of Dallas. I don't even remember what it's called. I just know it's not very far from, from Southern Methodist University. And it's only about six minutes north of, I think it's called University Park. So anyway, it's this great area. And this lady, her name's Ann, and she's terrific. And uh, she turns me loose. And, so, and again, because I gave these folks a discount um, for, what, you know, for, for this, I'm being careful on what I spend. And I'm not bringing a lot of people with me, which I've done in the past on some of these jobs. Or I'll get some help, some help locally from somebody. But in this case, not that is not 
By the way, folks, I just, I'm not making this up. I just pulled in to the very parking spot that I picked this truck up at at 9.30 this morning. I am right back where I was at 9.30 this morning. So I cleaned this house out in Dallas. To make a long story short, I've got about eight minutes left on the show. I I have not had time to count how many pickup truckloads of stuff I hauled out of this house. But I'm here to tell you the secret of getting a garage and a backyard and a patio and an entire first floor of a home cleaned out that has a bunch of stuff in it. It's just to focus on the task at hand, focus on getting the next truckload filled up, big stuff in first, then bag up a bunch of gap bags so that as you go to the dump, you're taking in as much as possible on one shot. I did two loads of stuff yesterday to Goodwill. They took everything that I took them. They were only about seven or eight minutes away from where the job was. I took two loads to the scrap metal yard, made about 40 bucks each time at the scrap metal yard. So that's four loads. And I probably took eight loads, seven, eight loads, about 20 minutes south to the McComas landfill and junked it down there. Now, here's a brilliant thing about these folks in Dallas. I have gone to these landfills all over the country, and this is the only one that I have seen that opens up at 5.30 a.m. and closes at 8 p.m. Our local landfill, which they do a great job of in Montgomery County, Maryland, opens at 7, closes at 5. These guys open at 5.30, stay open till 8. That is very fortuitous for me because I've got those extra hours to do extra work and get things done. So I show up on day one, which would would have been Tuesday, and I start around 1 o'clock, I think, by the time I got to the house. Making runs back and forth to that dump with us. This is a crew cab pickup truck, and so the middle section of the truck the seats behind the cab of the truck. I fold those seats up and I fill that space up with more stuff that's going to be taken to the dump um, or to Goodwill or wherever. So I'm trying to use as much space as I can in this pickup truck. And the whole idea is fill that sucker up and then go dump it and take it where it needs to go. I did that nonstop for basically a day and a half. So on Tuesday from 1 o'clock until 8 o'clock, I'm running that truck as fast as I can and and loading it up as quick as I can. I have a cousin that lives in Garland, Texas, that is about 20 minutes away. I stay with her whenever I'm down in this area. So I had let her know that I was coming in, but I'm not sure what time I'm going to be there. And Tuesday night about 9 o'clock, I show up at her place. She has... uh, um, just some great soup and muffins and other stuff. It was just delightful. I go to bed, but then I'm up. I'm, you know, I go to bed maybe 10 or 10.30. I'm up at 5 to take the next load, which I have in the truck, down to the dump to start off there, and then I start the whole process again one more time. So yesterday, Wednesday, I'm going from about 5.30 in the morning until about 8.30 at night, nonstop, running that truck, 
back and forth to wherever it needs to go. It has unlimited miles on the rental, so I don't care what the, the rates are. I sometimes thought, man, maybe I should have rented a bigger truck. I wouldn't be driving as much. But then you get the mileage charges, the dump fees are more, the rental cost is more. And because of the construction going on next door, I would not have been able to back a wider truck all the way down her long driveway past the house to get back to the garage so I could load stuff up the way I wanted to get it done. So the pickup truck was fortuitous. That's my point. So here's the bottom line. The bottom line is um, I am supposed to be on this morning a 5.30 flight coming back to Washington, D.C. that gets here at 9.30 because I have a 2 o'clock appointment with a church friend of mine that I was referred to who needs to get his condo cleaned out. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, that's a revenue possibility. And I can't get back on my normal Frontier Airlines because from Dallas they're going to go back through Denver and then back to Washington. So I had another way to do this on a direct flight from Dallas straight to Washington, which worked out great. And I just thought at 2 o'clock last night or 2 o'clock this morning, I guess, I'm in my cousin's home. I'm, I'm enjoying lying down and getting some rest. I fell asleep around 10 o'clock and woke up around 2. And I thought, you know what? If I, if I can make this flight at 5.30, I get back to D.C. at 9.30, I make the 2 o'clock appointment, I probably make more money there, and I've got other people that need some help that I could also talk to, probably make some more money there. If that doesn't work, if I can't make that flight, then... I have to take a Frontier flight at 4 o'clock that afternoon, which sends me back up to Baltimore at 10 o'clock, and I got the same problem with my truck down here, and I missed this appointment or whatever. Well, the only problem standing in the way of all of this is that the last load of stuff that I took from the house is in the truck. So I guess what I'm just going to say to kind of finish this story off I found a place, a way, to empty that truck at 3 o'clock this morning when the dumps are closed and get the truck, get gas in the truck, get it turned back in to Enterprise, get a lift ride from Enterprise back to the airport, and get to the airport by about 4.45 this morning so I can catch the 5.45 flight and get back here at 9.30 and go throughout my day and by 10.30 this morning, I had already done my first job back in D.C. You with me? So I don't have the flight, you know, for going out for my, my stepfather's funeral, but I now do. That flight's going to leave in about two hours from now back to Denver, and I don't spend the night at the airport. It goes on to Salt Lake, and I'll get into Salt Lake tonight around midnight, and I'll be there for the next two days with family honoring my wonderful stepfather. Um, oh, and by the way, I went to the appointment today at two o'clock, and that made me two thousand bucks. So sometimes, if you just try, and you have the faith, and you just try, and you don't give up, good things will happen. That has been my week this past week. It's a very unusual week, but there are a lot of lessons to be learned in it, and I, I'm just really grateful for what I've learned. And now here I am about to dash off to go across the country again. And by the way, this flight that I booked about three hours ago to go to, to Utah, I don't have the return flight yet, but the flight to get out there 
was $24. Thank you, Frontier Airlines. I'm not making these numbers up. And I'm about to fly across the country for 24 bucks with the best seats on the plane, sitting in 13C without having to pay an upgrade charge. Hopefully what I've told you this last hour has been somewhat entertaining and hopefully even more educational about how to have a blast in life and make your dreams come true because you didn't quit and you just kept trying. Hopefully that's the moral of the story. And remember this young lady out in Colorado, Lexi, who nobody in her family had graduated from high school, and she goes out and says, okay, I'm going to go to law school, and she's done it. More power to the Lexis of the world. They deserve it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week, Thursday at 3. Can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next seven days. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Junk Refund Show. We love you. Keep all the junk out of your life and keep it out of your garages and keep it out of your homes. You'll have a better life. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Junk Refund Show the longest-running junk removal radio show on the air. Join us next week as we discuss innovative ways to declutter your home, your business, and your life using 20 years of junk removal experience. Find out why we give out free ice cream gift cards to our clients, too. In upcoming shows, we will explore how to get the junk out of your relationships your spiritual life, your waistline, even your travel life. Plus, call in with questions and situations you would like some help with. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we are committed to bringing the next generation of junk removal because not all junk is junk. See you next week on the Junk Refund Show every Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on BBS Radio TV.